Okay, we have a busy edition coming up. Birdies, bogeys, and biceps. George Bryan brings the birdies, and I bring the bogeys, and Robbie Timms brings the biceps. And before we get to the guys and a special guest, let me – got to break in with some baseball news. Clemson, which was getting drilled by Georgia State all day, grand slam, walk-off home run by Amick, and the Tigers win it in the bottom of the ninth. They come back to win it 9-8 to eight over Georgia State this afternoon. Huge win for Clemson considering – they were just practically dead in the water uh, most of that game. With They're that down being eight to said, two, Phil, and you wonder what that might do for this team that obviously needs a little boost of confidence. That that may springboard them to having a, a much much better ACC season just off that comeback. Yeah, it's kind of like getting an ace at seventeen at TPC, <laughs> and they had one the other day. But today, as I was watching, I think when I left, and the Golf Channel was signing off because of the weather. Twenty-two golfers had found the water. Uh, and there's still more to come through. The uh, weather uh, stopping play late this afternoon. Uh, Christian Bazudenhut. I can never get that right. Christian Gazunheit. I'm just going to go with that. Uh, eight under on the course. Adam Svensson is eight under. Uh, he's on the course still. Ben Griffin, 71. He's in the clubhouse at six under. Min Woo Lee at six under. Uh, Colin Morikawa at six under. They're still all on the course. As far as uh, some others we keep a watch on, Scotty Shuffler is five under, still playing this round when they get back to it. And Jason Day's at four. Ricky Fowler's at two. Lucas Glover is 74, minus one. Jordan Spieth, he is uh, even after a 75. Cameron Young is even after a 73. Kevin Kisner is even, uh, still on the course, so to speak. Uh, Adam Scott is even, still playing. Uh, ben Martin, plus one, still has to finish the round. Uh, Justin Thomas, a 73, plus two. Matt Kuchar, plus four after a 78. Rory is plus six. Things have not gone well for him. He still has to finish the round. Not a good showing for Matthew Neesmith, plus seven, still playing this round. Doc Redman is plus eight after a 74. Andrew Novak, plus 10 after a 75. And John Rahm had to withdraw. Had an illness this morning, George. He got sick over something or a stomach virus, and so the world's greatest had to pull out in uh, today before he uh, teed off today. And that's tough for the tournament. That's tough for the TV viewers who wanted to watch him once again. Yep, and that's uh, what I learned this past week at Columbia Country Club. First time I've ever done it. If you're gonna, if you're gonna toss the cookies, try to get <laughs> off the green. It's really difficult. Cleaning that stuff up off the screen. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Especially the, if there's large quantities, and that's my first ever. What happened uh, to I you? I done that yet. I was out watching uh, helping high school golf, and and uh, this young and uh, tossed it, and oh. I felt terrible for the other folks. So I'm trying to clean the clean it off the green, so they it's awfully close to the hole, oh. a little above it too, and you know how that grain runs down down grain, uh, downhill, down grain. What I learned is you, you definitely don't try to sweep the cookies into the grain. That doesn't work out real well. The problem I had is the, the, uh, the, it wasn't, it was close enough to the hole. So I'd never had to, that was a challenge I'd never faced. I thought I did pretty good though. Uh, used a rake out of the bunker. So if you run into that, you know what to do next time. 
But wow. don't try pushing it into the grain. Uh, it doesn't work out real well, especially this spongy Bermuda. So, hey, I got to go ahead and let's, let's – uh, uh, that those vir- the viruses, stomach viruses going around, and those tour players end up with quite a few of them. They're always eating out, and I'm guessing that our guest tonight had to deal with some of that on the road. And uh, I want to go ahead and bring in both Tsunami Robbie and Freddie Wadsworth. We can tee it up at the same time. Good evening, gentlemen. Welcome, Freddie Wadsworth. Yes. How you doing, George? Sorry to sorry to eat. Now, did you get sick after watching some of your guys, or did you have a stomach bug? <laughs> I tell you, what, I, I've had that feeling as a high school coach. There have been times where I've, I've felt that feeling. Unfortunately for me, I didn't have your quite your experience, but I had the feeling. Well, I tell you what, it does when you're out watching and out, Freddie. It's really a privilege of. For those of you uh, that haven't, that don't know, Freddie Wadsworth, a former USC Gamecock, but also 1986 Southern Open champion, PGA Tour Southern Open champion, is uh, in addition to real estate. He's going br- he, to bring us the where are you now, the details, but he is a Hammond golf coach. And gives back to junior golf. It was. It's, I had a blast seeing you last week, Freddie. No, I, I. My stomach goes. It, it stays churning when I'm watching these youngins play. Always has though. I. I think I get more stress watching them play than I ever, ever felt playing myself. Oh, there's no about question you? about that. Yeah, there's no question about that. I, I. I get more nervous. My son played baseball in college. And I got more nervous watching him play than I ever got when I was playing. Um, and then watching, you know, your teams play, um, always you just feel helpless. Uh, when you're playing, you feel like you have some some input into the outcome. But when you're when you're just watching and coaching, you got to turn them loose, and then you got to live with the results. So it can uh, it can definitely be different. Well, we got together, and fellas, uh, let's welcome in Tsunami Robbie. Uh, welcome, Tsunami Robbie. Let's go ahead and tee it up. Oh, I'm on the tee, big boy. Don't worry <laughs> about that. I, I just reflecting back on the on the illness on golf courses. I've never been ill on the golf course, but I have been hung over a few times. <laughs> so, oh, that counts. <counter. laughs> uh. <laughs> well, hey, one of there was. Uh, uh, we I, we were watching. In fact, Phil, you brought this up at the Sonoma mm-hmm. Bar Training Center. Uh, there was uh, some Gamecocks. I, I got to get right to the point. Years ago, when I got introduced to the weight room, Freddie Wadsworth was the only man in that weight room working really hard. There was another one in there pretending, and it didn't work out so well because he tossed it in the weight room. Ooh. But, Billy, I, I think uh, – Freddie, you remember that name, Billy Anderson? Yeah. Why do I? Why do I? Why is that familiar to me? I I do remember that name. He was one of the strength coaches way back. How about Sid? I think Sid was. Uh, yeah, coach Sid back Kenyon. Yeah, Sid Kenyon was our strength coach. That that's who I who I remember the most was working with Sid. But we were. I, well, I remember when Bobby Foster, our coach, uh, you know, he looked at us as a collection and said, "Well." 
if we're not going to be the most talented, we're definitely going to be in the best shape and work the hardest. And so we were kind of, you know, we were kind of before anybody knew what to do. I grew up and was told not to work out. It would ruin your swing. And nobody, nobody knew what to do, Hmm. you know, so it was kind of a trial and error, but we, uh, we went at it pretty hard, but it definitely, what they do now with guys like KT and, and those guys is amazing. The training that they have now and the, the technology that's available to them and just the, you know, from the nutrition and the, and the working out, it's totally different from, from our time. I, I mean, I remember one time Bobby, we had one guy on our team that he, he liked to blow the froth off a couple uh, a little too much. And I remember one time Bobby had us in the van after a tournament and told us, all right, he said, from now on, two beer maximum. That's it. That's all you're allowed. And I'll never forget, we we pulled into a 7-Eleven, and this guy went in and got two quarts and came out and said, I got my two. <laughs> oh. There was a, a little different time back in the I, day. Let I, me, can I ask Freddie uh, a question? Was, Did you guys consider yourself as athletes when you were playing college golf? <laughs> we did. I mean, I you know, know. we – we we got barbecued. We had our practice facility was right behind the old Sarge Fry Field. Yeah, and that also was where the roundhouse used to be and the track. And there was an old practice football field. And we had a couple of greens. We had a bent grass green and a Bermuda green and a couple of bunkers, and we could hit do a lot of short game work down there. And the football team when they were going to practice would drive in these huge buses parallel in that fence, you know, behind Sarge Fry Field. And they used to just rip, you know, free lunchers and just every <laughs> every negative in the world, you know, and, and we laughed because we thought, you know, you're out there beating the crap out of each other every day, three hours a day, and we're chipping and putting, and <laughs> our scholarship was just as good as theirs. <laughs> So, you know, uh, we, we took great. it on the chin, but we didn't consider ourselves athletes. We okay. we had some guys that were a little better than others. That's great. Hey, there's no question. We had a – we definitely uh, – we took those guys out to the golf course. They thought of us as athletes, although we got, we went to the baseball <clears> field occasionally. And and, and uh, kind of the truth came out. But somebody, I, I credit – I go back and where I got my eyes open to the weight room, Bobby Foster had a – had us in there together. Freddie, I was uh, a little older than you. I think I was a uh, year or two beyond. So, But when you came into college, you were, what, 5'8", five, 5'9", five, when you first came in? No, when I, when I came, Maybe. it was funny because I, I was a late bloomer. And I was when I graduated from high school, I was 5'7". And when I enrolled at – and when I went on my recruiting trip, to Columbia. I remember I went out with Rick Seth and George McDonald. Rick was on his recruiting trip as well. And I was 5'7 and probably weighed 130 pounds and couldn't hit it anywhere, but I had a really good short game. And so Bobby was interested and came up and went out. And then when I enrolled in the fall, I was almost 6'3. But I still weighed 145 pounds. Uh, (laughs) That's when I met you. I had a growth spurt. Yeah, I had a growth spurt in that summer 
that was just off the charts. I I, I thought I had bone cancer or something. My body hurt so bad. <laughs> well, you're the one that uh, by the time you were must have been you must have been a junior, Freddie. You're the one that I saw working hardest in that weight room and you're the one that actually opened my eyes i watched you for a year or two in the weight room work really hard thought it could be beneficial especially it's pretty easy after i see you work really hard you earned all american honors and then you're still working hard with just about many tours fairly dominant there and then you win four spot and win so back in the day i think you were one of the ones on the cutting edge that seemed to make it all right for the rest of the golfers to follow suit well i wasn't prior to my junior year i wasn't having the success that i thought i i should have and a lot of it was my fault i mean i wasn't i wasn't putting in the time and effort i was getting distracted by too many things that can distract you in college and i thought you know i i didn't come from a family of means so my dream was to try and play professional golf, and I thought, you know, the clock's ticking, and if you don't, if you don't build this resume a little bit better, you're going to need help from somebody, and who's going to sponsor somebody that can't succeed at the level that they are right now but think they're going to succeed at a higher level? And so for me, it was, it's time to go all in, put it all on the table, and find out if I really could be any good. And, uh, and I thought, you know, being stronger, I don't know of any, any athletic endeavor where strength is a weakness. So that, that's, that's where that came from. And I just thought, I'm going all in. We didn't exactly do the right exercises probably, but I definitely physically got stronger. And I definitely picked up length as a result. And, and that was, you know, the start of it. But, boy, what they, I see the guys do now and how they target certain areas, it's really uh, – it's really amazing, and it's it's no wonder the guys hit it so far. Well, speaking of far, man, uh, the I was a senior. It was my last year. I was definitely not in the lineup. We had all Amer- they were a pretty good team. Had uh, Freddie Webb Haynes and both those guys. Tour cards later on, Greg Sweat, several others that were. I didn't even get close to making the lineup, but I had my last round. Uh, my last qualifier, Freddie, this was junior year. You wouldn't remember it. Forest Hills at Augusta, we'd go out, and and uh, I just absolutely ripped it on the first tee. Really proud of it. And uh, get out, get out. You hit you hit it pretty good, and get out there. And uh, I couldn't hit my wedge shot to your driver, and I knew right then I was not doing the right thing, and I was dead against the weight room until that drive on the first hole. So that changed my that changed my tone and and so I never got much longer. But I do I tell you what the weight room I think's changed uh, the whole face of professional golf. You everybody out I I haven't talked to or met anybody on the at the that level now that doesn't train. Freddie, back in the day, how many of you guys in the late '80s were work in the weight room? No, yeah, it, it's. It's if if they're not embracing the physical part of it and the training part of it in this in this day and age, they're they're getting laughed because I don't care how good you are if if you know Tiger's hitting a, a nine iron or a wedge into the green and you're back there hitting a three iron, you lose all day long. 
<laughs> and that's, uh, I was pretty impressed. And then one thing, uh, we just got to talking about the TPC. How many times do you play there in that championship, Freddie? Yep. I played there three times. Um, fun fact for me, I still am one of 11 that own the consecutive birdie streak in that tournament. I birdied <laughs> six in a row there one year. Nice. And there have been 10 other lucky guys that have tied me. Uh, but they haven't gotten me yet, so that's good. Not that I'm rooting against them. But I do pay attention to it because some of my kids, they'll, they'll every now and then during the tournament, they'll show a little thing of uh, the lowest play in the last four holes. And my six in a row came at – I started on 10 the first day, and I, I birdied 15, 16, 17, 18, 1, and 2. And so I buried the last four, and for a long time that was the record until Ricky Fowler played that stretch of four holes and five under and, and knocked me out. But I still still got a piece of that, and sometimes it'll pop up on the screen, and my my kids that are in Hammond that are watching my golfers will blow up my phone for about two minutes, and so they'll they'll listen to me for about three or four days after that, and then they go back to ignoring me. So it's, a, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to ask, since you brought up TCBC, I, I got to ask, you know, your history at 17. How did you fare in your times through there? You know, you know it's funny. Um, the couple of times that I, that I, like I said, I played in the tournament, I never, that hole never bothered me because it was typically a wedge for me. And I thought, if you can't hit the green with a wedge, you deserve to be in the water. I, I just, and I was always a pretty good wedge player. So that hole really didn't scare me as much now the one time where it did was if the wind blows down there i hit a six iron at that green one year and i I can tell you i could it was like the bottom of my grip had super glue because i didn't i couldn't pull a club out of the bag i didn't want to hit because i just (laughs) knew it was going in the water and when you get a 30 35 mile an hour wind crosswind at that green and I like to hit a cut anyway, and so all all wind is is a spin amplifier. So, you know, if you're trying to hit a little cut, I think I aimed it 20 yards left in the water and just literally sliced it, and it hit on the green. And how it didn't spin off into the water, I have no idea. But that was uh, that was probably the scariest shot I've ever hit in my life. <laughs> Well, I've learned. I've learned something, George. The wind is a spin amplifier. I, I'm going to apply that to my next shot into the wind and see how that works. That's why you yeah, never, well, never swing hard into the wind because all you're doing is is putting more backspin on it, and the ball's just going to blow up on you. So, take a little extra club, and and the old saying of when it's breezy, swing them easy, and that's <laughs> that's very true. And it takes spin off the golf ball, it'll help you play in the wind. But wind's tough. That's the, that's the toughest element. The other one's wet and all that stuff. That, that makes courses easy. But wind, I don't care if you're playing the easiest golf course in the world. You let it blow 30 or 40, and wind changes everything. Yeah, and, Freddie, the, uh, speaking of change, we can't have, we, can't have you on the show without at least asking you your opinion of this live tour and you have any thoughts about the new tour on planet earth? I do. Um, my first thought is I, my first reaction is I understand it. 
I, I understand why it would be attractive to some guys. Um, but my second thought is I can't figure out why anybody's going to care to watch it. Um, for me, you know, I, I can't understand why you've got the same field, no cut. You're playing this team concept, with which golf, I'm sorry, it's an individual sport. Um, I, I just don't – I don't see it. And I, I can't find a reason to be interested in the outcomes of what – now, good for the guys making the money. I get that. And then, you know, there's always the question of, you know, where is the money coming from? And, you know, if whether you have a, a moral standing on that, you know, that that's between everybody and, you know – that that's their business. I personally wouldn't do it um, if I ever, you know, if if I were playing now and had the opportunity. I think the the greatness of golf is being able to play in tournaments that you know generations past have played a lot of the same courses, whether it's the the Open Championship and you know in Scotland or whatever the U.S. Open. There's courses and rotations, and I think that's what makes it interesting. And for me, if I were if I were still active playing, I I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. But I think the tour has had to make a lot of needed adjustments. And like I said, I certainly understand from the best players' perspective, um, golf for a long time lagged behind any other professional league as to what their stars made. And people, you know, when I played, we weren't playing for any money relative to what they're playing now. I mean, when I won the Southern Open, I won $63,000. And at the time, I thought that was $63 million. (laughs) And it felt like a lot. But, you know, I, I tell people all the time, the very next week, I played in Pensacola, and I finished fifth and made $6,200 for finishing fifth. And I look at what guys make now, and you think, wow. But the tour always lagged behind what their, its best players made relative to other sports. And they asked them, I feel like, and I think this is where Norman it was coming from, they asked them to do so much, basically, I don't want to say for free, but it kind of felt like it. When you have to play a bunch of pro-ams, you have to show up at a bunch of things, and you have to make a lot of outings, Yes, the sponsors are putting up the money, but if you go miss the cut, you don't make any money. Um, and back right. when I was playing, the two years I finished in the top 125 and kept my card, um, I barely made enough money to pay my expenses. I didn't make any money, and I was in the top 125. Um, so I think the tour has made some necessary adjustments. I hope at some point some of these guys will come back. Um you know, specifically Dustin Johnson, he's, he's too great of a player um, to be basically, it looks like as it stands right now, he's only going to play the four majors, you know, know, and I just think that's a shame, Um, but I understand it. Hey, well, Freddie, it has been a privilege having you Mm -hmm. on. And, and uh, in addition to high school coaching, you're in real estate and what, uh, which company are you with? Yep, I sell I sell Timberland, and it's mostly hmm. recreational and recreational slash timber investment property. And I sell for Advanced Land and Timber, based out of Lexington. And I still do some a good bit of teaching over at the Spurred Northwoods. 
um, you know, as, as well as still coaching. So I, I try to stay connected to golf, but, you know, doing a little bit of everything. I appreciate it. And that music means it's been wonderful. Let's tee them mm. up, up later on, Freddie. You have a good weekend. Thank you. Enjoyed it, guys. Same here. George, thank you. Robbie, didn't get much from you. We'll let you play through next week. We enjoyed it. Uh, South Carolina has taken a 3-2 lead on Bethune-Cookman, and Duke leads Miami 41-36. Have a great night.